Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Deeth, and with me always is Joshua Fisher. How are you doing, dude? Man, why you gotta use the full name? What the fuck? Because I, I, cause my brother's name is Joshua, and I did that, but I'm sure you've heard a lot of Joshua instead of just Joshua. I tell uh, got me. Oh, I hate, I hate the full name. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, oh. just, sorry, it's, it was an accident. It's I, cringy, man. It's cringeworthy. <laughs> I yeah, don't was, like uh, it. Other than that, it was, I'm it, great. Again, yeah, I, a brother, because my brother. I have a brother named Joshua, and I, I call him Josh. I call you Josh. And my brain was just like, call him Joshua. And I'm like, ah, fucking crazy. Because I don't like Gregory. Like, my mom is the only one that gets away with that, so. And Hutch. Well, I don't know why he does it. It's so weird. Maybe because one time he heard me say that, those exact words. So he's like, well, I'm going to tease him. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, how are you doing? Let us know. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. Um, <laughs> God, please leave that leave that pause in there, Josh, please. <laughs> I mean, we could extend it. I want to start the show with something that I've done for years. Uh, back when I was working at Walmart, I was listening to a podcast slash web show called Totally Rad Show. And they had kind of invented a game to play during the summer that you start playing at the summer and then you finish it at the end of the summer called the Summer Movie Wager. Oh, shit. And We're going to do this again? Yep. And I'm going to do it through this podcast uninhibited because, well, it works better. Uh better vehicle than the one with, with like Anthony. Um, but, uh, so I want to explain to you guys what the summer movie wager is that way you understand. And if you choose to, you can play along. Um, it's if you do decide to play along, send your list to Josh or I, our Twitters, uh, the email accounts, any way that you can contact us, and I will compile them into one document with your name above it. Um, I will I will do the calculating of the scores at the end of everything, and we will announce a winner. Uh, if you do beat Josh or I, um, I don't know. Should we just like what should we do? I don't I don't have an like. Uh, you know what? If you can beat either Greg or myself, uh you know, finish better than both of us in the summer movie wager, you can win a free all queued up t-shirt. There you go. There you go. Um, all literally all you have to do is, is beat Josh or I, both of us, uh, tech, but technically be both of us, not combined score. Just no, cause that'd be no. impossible. You got to finish higher than both of us. Yeah. You got Yeah. Um, but I've done this since 2009. So this is my 10th year doing it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of well versed on how this happens. Uh, when we did this last summer, I ended up winning 
not by a lot, but I ended up winning. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that Josh hadn't played it before. It was your first year last year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Anthony, it was like his third year. He put he some, he put some terrible, terrible picks in his top ten. You too. had an, yeah, it was like you had an excellent list, but I think you had like two movies in there that didn't even make the top ten at all. Yeah, and you really thought they were had they had a chance, but I, you know, later I'd explain to you like sometimes you'll think that these movies will do well, but you have to compare what they're going against. You have to you have to look at when they come out. Um, yeah, my other, That's what my makes other so eight fun. picks were all almost dead spot on, but it's just those yeah. two that really fucked me. Right, which is what got me the win. Uh, now, here's the crazy thing. For the past ten years or so, uh, I don't know what I say or so, for the past ten years, uh, a lot of the times the, the deciding point of when it starts amongst uh, a Slash Film, which is kind of the group that that holds it now because totally rad show doesn't exist anymore. But, um, it's usually started by the biggest blockbuster either at the end of April or the beginning of May. Obviously the biggest blockbuster is going to be in that time slot is right. So that's the first movie. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to read to you the rules, every bit of rules and how the scoring system works. After that, I'm going to read to you all the movies coming out in the timeline of where you can pick movies for your top ten. After that, uh, Josh and I... Well, that's that's the problem. We didn't start this before the podcast. So, the reason we're doing it now is that by the time we do another Uninhibited, so in two weeks from now, we will have our lists. We hope to have your guys' list, too, and read them on air. That's the idea. So, read rules, read movies, move on to other topics. Next, or in two weeks, read lists. Cool? Great. Sounds good. Yeah, because by the next published date, that will be the actual kickoff date of the summer movie wager. Correct. Um, so, you basically, you guys have two weeks. Actually, a little less than two weeks. We have two weeks. But you guys have from... The date of this podcast coming out till and we record every Wednesday. So you have until the twenty fourth. Twenty twenty fourth. So the twenty fourth to get your list to us to submit to potentially win a free t shirt. There you go. All right. I'll, so I'll, what? I'll do you one better. Um if you get a perfect list, you get we'll do a $50 gift voucher for anything in our web store. There you go. On top, you, that, on that, top it, of the t-shirt. What that <sighs> means is that when I get the top 10 at the end of the summer, uh, if your list is literally 1 through 10 in perfect synchronization and perfect order, that's how you win that. Yep. No offense or buts. Because you would get a free t-shirt a plus one. $50 towards uh, anything in our web store. So now what if multiple, here's a question for you, Josh, what if multiple people beat us in score? The top one, the top one what if they, gets, uh, what if tie, what if tie a top score? Okay. Yeah, that is a good question. 
so it could be there could be a potential for like, I mean, that's, there could that, be like 10, there are 15 tight. people finish, and you know, we can't give away 10, 15 shirts out of pocket like that. So, anybody that does better than us will be put into a random drawing. Okay, there you and go. And the Ty's, random, Ty's going around random drawing will determine the shirt winner. Anybody who gets a perfect list will automatically win a shirt and a $50 gift certificate. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential here for you guys, um, but yeah. So let's get into the rules because there's a lot of things that go into this. Uh, at least seemingly there is. First and foremost, what exactly is the summer movie wager? It is a contest where players rank the top ten box office grossing films of the summer season in order. Um, now, what that means exactly is that there's a list of films that come out in a certain time that we dictate. Um, because it's not technically like the beginning of the summer solstice to the end of the summer solstice. It's not what it is. It's just between two dates. And this is usually choreographed with like the close to when school gets out to when it starts back up. It's kind of what it is. Yeah. I think, I think it's Labor Day weekend is the end weekend, right? Yes. Uh, it's right before Labor Day. Okay. Sometimes it's landed on, but, um, so, uh, um now when it says box office this is domestic. This is United States only. So if you do live in another country and you listen to this podcast, make sure that you make sure you look at American box office only. Yeah. That's no, that's North American rule. box office, not worldwide. Right. right. Uh and the reason I say this is is mainly because there's a lot of films that have different dates internationally yeah. uh, when they release, and uh, we usually don't see a list of that until later. Uh, plus, like, the list that I have is all American release dates, so it's just it's just a thousand times easier for everybody involved to just do domestic. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, you're going to pick your top ten in order. And then you're going to pick three dark horses. These are films you might think may, might make the top ten, but just you aren't quite confident enough to put them in there. Um, these, uh, and I'll, I'll get to scoring in a minute. Like, like we said, when does exactly summer begin and end? It's the last full week in April or the first week in May, depending on, you know, what's going on. What this means for this one is that um, any films released on or after April 29th are eligible. Well, wait. The no. last weekend. No, because Endgame's got to be included, so it'd be the 25th, wouldn't it? You released on the 26th. Oh, I, was... I thought. The 26th? Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be. If Yeah, so on or after the 26th. Okay. So that's the official start date, not the 29th. No, why would it be the 29th? You just said the 29th. Did I say the 29th? You did. You're confusing everyone. When did I say the 29th? Like I'm literally reading off of my, my notes. Well, you did. Just like last week when you said shit us up on Twitter. Did not say shit us up on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me repeat this because apparently I fucked it up somehow. 
My list, I'll read exactly what I have on my screen. When exactly does summer, quote unquote, begin and end? The last full weekend in May or April. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the last full weekend in April or the first weekend in May. This means films released on or after April 26th, 2019 weekend are eligible. The last weekend is August 30th. And the results are tallied on Labor Day weekend. Meaning that if a film releases on that last weekend, they are only counting what they made that weekend. So you have to put that into play. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Like, if it came out two weeks before the last week, it was only in theaters for two weeks versus, you know, uh, the one in April being almost two months or something like that. Uh, uh, those released on previous weekend are not eligible. I don't know why that says that. I copy and pasted this. Those released on the previous weekend are not eligible. Oh, 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 okay, okay, got it, understood. Sorry. Uh, if you have a question about a film's eligibility, ask me before you submit your picks. You can contact me via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what have you. Just search Chub Rock Geek, get a hold of me, and I'll let you know what if, if a film is eligible based on its release date. But I'm also going to list all the films eligible, so you'll be fine. The goal... The object is to pick the films that you think will be in the top 10 gross, top 10 grossing films of the summer in order to box office performance, box office for, 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 Jesus Christ, performance in North America. So I hope that was as clear as I could make it be. Um, when looking at the calendar, Josh, Labor Day weekend is, Labor Day is, is Monday the 2nd of uh, September. Mm-hmm. So that weekend would be August 30th. August 30th is that weekend? Okay. Okay. So, so okay, August 30th does not count. That's what I was trying to figure well, that, out. Well, that, that would be Saturday, I'm pretty sure. Let me look at a calendar. Um... August thirty yeah, okay, first. No, August thirty first is the Saturday. So if Labor Day is the second, then Labor Day weekend would be the thirtieth, thirty first, first. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what. Okay, so the last date that I have on my list of movies is the a weekend of August twenty third. Okay, that's why. Okay, we're good. I I I didn't fuck up earlier this morning. I just keep fucking up reading it. Great to right. read, everybody. We just didn't want to put that out there Jesus. until just now. I'm trying to make this as crystal as I can because people don't pick up on the rules. But it's it's fairly simple. You basically make your top ten grossing films of the summer off the ones that I've listed here because the rules state that if it's like limited release, it doesn't it doesn't count. You can't use it. If it's uh, like a Netflix film, it doesn't count. But it has to be wide release in theaters. That's the point. Um. Which, some of these, there's two films on here that are actually, one's produced by Amazon Studios and the other's produced by Netflix, but they're theatrical releases. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. 
I had to double check. I was like, is this a wide release? And it totally is. So, uh, okay. The way the scoring system works, getting number one or 10 dead on gets you 30 points out the gate. Um, and the rest of the scoring goes, uh, 10 points if two or nine are dead. I'm sorry. 10 points if two through nine are dead on. Um, seven points if your pick was one spot from where it ended up. Five points if it's two spots from where it ended up. Three if it's on the top ten at all. And one point for each dark horse that made it into the top ten. So potentially, if my math is correct, you could get a perfect score of... Uh, let's see, 10, 10 times, so 80, 80 plus 13 plus 13. You can get a potential perfect score of 106. Um, and that's, again, if you get 1 and 10 correct, which are 13 each, and then the rest, perfect spot. Uh, and that... This is highly unlikely. I've never seen it. <laughs> um. But, like I said, you know, one spot away gets you seven points, two spots away gets you five, and anywhere on the list gets you three. But there's also the Dark Horses. Dark Horses are one point each, which are usually the tiebreakers. Mm -hmm. Usually. Uh, it's still very possible for people to end up with the same score. I've seen that tons of times. Um, here's the biggest part. Here's the biggest thing. The scoring is tabulated so that you get the single highest point value for each pick. That is, if you get number 10 right, you don't get 3 and 13, you only get 13. Make sense? Just me. Good. <laughs> and this la the last thing that I copy and paste says, good luck! So, good luck. Um, Alright, here are the films... Oh, another, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, an edge because I want you, I want good competition on this. Couple things that I've learned over the years. Uh, don't pick films that you're excited for. Just because you are looking forward to it and you're going to go see it does not mean it's going to do well. Anthony. <laughs> Second thing. Um, pay attention to what that film is going up against. That'll determine completely how well it does look at where it comes out if it's coming out two weeks after a huge blockbuster it might still not do very well because it's still going technically against a huge blockbuster so there's a lot of factors to put in play here um another big thing that this list doesn't talk about is sometimes it is it's i think it's happened in two of the years that i've done this if at some point during the summer, a film that you have on your top 10 gets moved out of the summer because it got delayed or something, you're just SOL. Like, no joke. There is no redoing your list once the contest has started. You can't change anything. That's just a point value you don't get anymore. That's literally it. It sucks, but I've also seen it, like, again, two times total. It's super almost rarely if ever happens because movie releases are not game releases. Usually when they, you know, a few months before it comes out, they have a dead set dead uh, date. So there's that. But all right, Josh, should we get into the movies coming out? I think we should. Okay. Well, I mean, April 26th. We already 26th. know what the big one's going to be. 
kicking it all off. That's the that's the unfortunate thing of last year and this year is it was a crystal clear number one. Yep. Crystal clear. Nobody's arguing that. Everybody on every form, like they even Slash we even put out a thing that was like, hey, this year should we completely exclude Endgame or not? And like they put out a poll. And it was like 70-something percent said include Endgame. And I was like, Jesus Christ. All right, I guess we're including Endgame. So if you so. if you don't get at least 13 points or however many for getting number one right. 13. If you don't get 13 points by default, you're wrong. <laughs> right, right. It's just kind of, hmm. don't know, don't know, don't know about you. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. All right, so April 26th, end game. Everyone knows that. April, or I'm oh, sorry, May 3rd, we have The Intruder. Um, and on on my page, which I'll actually share, I'll put this in the um, Facebook discussion group. I'll put a link to it. You can uh, click on the... You can click on a link to the, to the Wikipedia page. Of it. And so learn about all the actors in it. Like... Anything, any information that you think will give you an edge, you can look at all that. But we have The Intruder, um, Long Shot, Ugly Dolls, and Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, by the way, the Netflix movie that I was talking about is Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which is actually a wide release, the wide theater release. But it's a Netflix movie. Okay. Uh,. So, May 10th, we have five films. We have Pokemon Detective Pikachu, The Hustle, Tolkien, Palms, and The Professor and the Madman. Huh. On, yeah, I know. I was like, damn, that's a, there's like, there's two films in that I want to see. Uh, On May 17th, we have John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, A Dog's Journey, the Sun is Also a Star, and The Tomorrow Man. Um, on May 24th, we have Aladdin, Ad Astra, Brightburn, and Booksmart. That's a heavy month, or heavy, that's a heavy weekend, as I want to see, I want to see all four of those films. Specifically Brightburn more than the other three, uh, the other four, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, May 31st, we have Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Rocketman, Ma, and Domino. June 7th, we have Dark Phoenix, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Sans Louis C.K., uh, uh, Late Night, and Changeland. Um, the, there's two of those films, but I have no idea what they are. Uh, June 14th, we have Men in Black International, Shaft, and The Dead Don't Die. June 21st, we have Toy Story 4 and Child's Play. It's also a heavy weekend, because I want to see both of those real bad. On June 28th, we have Annabelle Come Home. Annabelle Comes Home, sorry. Annabelle Comes Home. Yesterday and forty-seven meters down, uncaged. On July third, we have Midsomar, 
which actually is a Wednesday release, because on July 5th, which is the weekend, we have Spider-Man Far, uh, Far From Home. Mm. On July 12th, we have Stuber, which actually looks fucking funny because it's, it's uh, Dave Bautista and um, uh, I can't think of the actor's name. He did the uh, the Amazon movie that we watched that we reviewed for the show. Ah, uh, shit. What the hell's his name? The Amazon um, movie. He's a he's a he's a comedian who his girlfriend has like Oh, Camille Nanjiani. Camille Nanjiani, thank you, Jesus. Man, that was <clears throat> killing me. Um but yeah, it's 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 a comedy movie where those two have to team up or whatever, and it looks really funny. But yeah, Stuber, Crawl, which I don't know what that is, and Twenty One Bridges. Don't know what that is either. Uh one shot of twenty two bridges. <laughs> Good question. I'll answer for you. On July 19th, we have The Lion King, which actually just came out with a trailer today, where you can actually talk to animals. Um, July 26th, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Wish Dragon. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that new Quentin Tarantino film. August 2nd is The Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Dora and, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Sorry, I keep running at the in there. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. And the New Mutants. Which I believe is the last Fox-produced X-Men film. Uh, New Mutants isn't going to be theatrically released, mark my words. How? Why were you saying that? Because there, there's been talk that it's going to be, uh, direct directly released to Hulu. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even gamble on the New Mutants being on there. Interesting. I mean, I'm not putting it, I'm not putting it past things. That was the original announced date from Fox. Uh, after it was pushed back from April of last year. To April of this hey, year, and then pushed back again. It says here on the Wikipedia page at CinemaCon 2019, Walt Disney Studios confirmed that the film will be will be, keep its theatrical release. Really? When was this? Uh, CinemaCon was like a week and a half ago. Because I was reading ago? an article just not two days ago that said that they're not sure yet. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I know, uh, it was also where Disney like showed off the rest of this year's theatrical releases, and I saw Dark Phoenix in their list, and I was like, "Oh shit, hey, that's a that's a thing." Yeah, yeah. Well, we knew that was going to happen, but the new mutants. I, I just um, didn't think that Disney would already be throwing that into their lineup. I figured they would just. Let Fox continue to release that. But, I mean, it makes sense. CinemaCon yeah, we We actually had a very interesting discussion um, the past two weeks, actually, in a row on uh, MPSP was, uh, Theater about the X-Men, Fox X-Men properties and Disney's intent going forward. Uh, CinemaCon was April 1st to the 4th in Las Vegas. Okay, so a week and a half ago. Yep. 
last week, actually. Mm, interesting. Pretty sure that article I've read since, you know, and, you know, who who knows? It's speculation. They can confirm it, but they can always change their minds. I don't trust it. There's, there's a canceled sequel. That's a thing. I was reading that just now. Like, they're just like, nope, squash that shit, which it makes, and that makes sense that there would be no sequel, because Fox is, I'm, I'm sure Disney wants to take X-Men and completely revamp it, but whatever. Exactly. And I think they should. Um, but it's entirely your discretion to put that list in or not. Oh, sorry, put that in your list or not. Um, I have an idea of where I want it on my list, um, which is not at all. Uh, I'm giving you guys too much information. <laughs> um, August 9th, we have Artemis Fowl, The Ooh. Kitchen, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and Where Do You Go, Bernadette? Which where do you go, Bernadette? Kind of looks like a uh, it's 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 a thriller from what I from what I was reading. Uh, Is it about Bernadette Peters? No. Okay, I was just wondering. It's a mystery comedy drama. Jesus Christ, that's way too many titles. Um. Bernadette hates people. She hates leaving the house. And more than anything, she hates the other parents at her daughter B's school. When she disappears, it's B's mission to find out where she disappeared to and what really happened to her. Clay ben play Kate, Kate Blanchett plays Bernadette Fox. Uh, Billy Crudup plays somebody. Uh, Kristen Wiig is in it. James uh, Urbaniak. Judy Greer. Lawrence Fishburne is apparently cast in it, but they don't have his his character title. Hmm. There you go. Based on a book. But, alright. So, moving on. So, we have a Wednesday release of August 14th, Blinded by the Light. Don't know what that is. Uh, August 16th is The Angry Birds Movie 2, Good Boys, Playmobil the Movie, and The Informer. So, you know, there's like one good movie in that list. Uh, and then the last weekend of the contest is August 23rd, Angel Has Fallen, Official Secrets, and Overcomer. So, again, I will be putting this link uh, the link in our... Be, yeah, it'll be in all queued up discussions on Facebook. It'll be on the all queued up Facebook page. It'll be in the notes description on the this podcast wherever you listen to it there will be a link uh and we'll also tweet the link and uh instagram the link so yeah um and email us the, the email us your entries email us your entries at all queued up podcast at gmail.com Uh, but yeah, I was looking at this list, Josh, and I was just like, there's a lot of movies in here that I want to see. The, like, this I'm is going to really... be, this is going to be, I think, a better summer for movies than last summer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's, be, there's, there's more, uh, summer. there's more box office appeal this year than there was last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, like, it, it's it's crystal fucking clear that Endgame is going to be number one. I, I think that's going to break a billion before the end of the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I don't think anything in May 3rd has a shot. We should probably should not be yeah, giving yeah. away any of our... Yeah, yeah, I just thought of that. I was just like, wow, man, wow. I'm See, the ones that... So here's the movies I'm looking forward to out of this list. Endgame, obviously. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Oh, of course you would. Dude. First off, I love the, I love the Pokemon games. I know. And this movie looks fucking silly. Like, it just looks like it's kind of having fun that's, with Pokemon. That's going to be popular with a lot of kids and parents. I disagree. You don't think? Uh, you're gonna see. Oh, you're gonna see a lot of people my age going to this movie. Um, I think you're gonna see a lot of people my age going to the movie because of two reasons. It's weird. It's weird Pokemon, and I haven't seen very many Pokemon in the trailer that aren't from the first generation. I've seen a few, but not a ton. And it's very much targeted at these young adult millennials who grew up with Pokemon. Okay. Um, now, I will say this, that I don't know when, but they're going to be re-releasing the first Pokemon movie, but in, like, CG. Like, they completely redid the movie in, in CGI. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're going to bring that to America. I think that you'll see a lot of um, kids with their, with their parents. Like, more so than the millennials. Ooh. Okay. So. But, um, John Wick, Chapter 3, I'm oh. very fucking excited about. Oh, yes. Yes. By the way, guys, now we're just talking about movies we're excited about. <laughs> just so anyone's like, ooh, they're giving away anything. Nope. Not at all. Uh, I'm interested in Aladdin. Um, no. Here, Okay. I guess let me give you a little context as to why. Oh, I'll tell you why I'm not, but yeah, you go ahead first. Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie. Mine too. Like, Mine too. Watched it a thousand Love times. Aladdin. Absolutely loved Aladdin. I still have the VHS of that and the two made you know directed VHS sequels. Like I still well, have those. Here's the thing. I loved Aladdin and I love Beauty and the Beast, right? Right, saw right. The, saw the live action Beauty and the Beast. Eh. Didn't care a bit. Didn't. They, they, I mean, they added a little bit to the story from the original book, but dude, it's just like, eh. I, I, I got more enjoyment out of the animated version than the live action version. And I've got a feeling well, that the same would hold true for me with Aladdin, so I'm not excited about it at all. I completely agree with you, which is why I didn't say that I was excited. I said I was interested. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just, not just even clear- really interested, to be honest. Uh, well, I think that like there's a morbid curiosity for me. There's the, I, I'm I'm definitely in the ballpark of like, how different will it be? I know they're using all the same songs, and there's a couple new songs, like one apparently where Will Smith raps as the genie. Um, that's a thing. I wonder if it's going to be called You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. Actually, that apparently has not been changed. Oh, okay. According to everything I've read and heard, yeah, that hasn't been changed. That's so a brand new song that's being, that, that he's rapping. Um... But yeah, it's been like I, I don't know. It just I'm I'm interested. But I'd say the movie that looks the best that weekend to me, the one that I'm probably the most excited about is Brightburn. Brightburn. 
it's such a fun take on the idea of like superheroes and horror films. I haven't. Do you know what Brightburn's about? No, but I'll check it out later. I'll check it out uh, after the show. Short short version is um, it's it's produced by uh, uh, James Gunn, by the way. So there's a, that's the he he like worked directly on helping with the script and all this kind of stuff. But um, it's like what if what if when Superman crashed, uh, he wasn't this like Boy Scout. He actually turned out to be like um, uh. He turned out to be like uh, uh, can't think of the kid's name, but the kid from the Omen. Okay, Damien. Damien, yeah. What if what if Superman was like Damien from the Omen? That's literally what it is. And to me, that sounds like a good time at the theater. So, so I'm looking forward to that one. Speaking of good times at the theater, I'm sure that Godzilla King of the Monsters is going to be a fun romp. Absolutely. I mean. I thought the Godzilla movie was good. Did I think that it had not enough Godzilla? Absolutely. <laughs> Dark Phoenix. But, uh, uh, well, this is this is a debate we had on MPSP Theater. I am very happy that Disney acquired Fox and got the rights back to. X-Men and Fantastic Four because on the whole I'm not happy with what Fox has done with the X-Men in the past 20 years um, there are X-Men movies that I have really enjoyed but there's also X-Men movies that I really hated so yeah yeah I mean I, I don't disagree with you this Dark Phoenix trailer they made the trailer look like this movie could be good, but they fooled me before with the trailer for Apocalypse. No joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna straight out say it right now. The only thing, in my opinion, that has been good about the X Men films is casting, and and it's only certain roles. You know, you outside of both pairings. Of Xavier and Magneto with Stuart and McKellen, McAvoy and Fassbender, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, uh, and Kelsey Grammer as Beast and Nicholas Holt as Beast. Nobody else has been worth a fuck, with the exception of the kid that plays Quicksilver. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there's been a lot of, I think, um. I mean, I don't. I don't think that this was a Halle Berry situation, but Halle Berry to me looks very much like Storm. Uh, at least the costume they gave her in the first couple films. Um, Halle Berry's Storm th- was terrible. Well, I think thematically it was terrible, but like when I saw her picture back in the day before the movie came out, I was like, "Damn, that looks good!" Like so. It's- yeah, but then you see her try to act. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but, uh, I really thought that Peter Dinklage nailed home. Oh, the, the I, was, I was talking, you know, yeah, you're talking about Bolivar Trask. I was just talking, you know, about the actual team members, but yeah. No, no, I'm not with cast in general, like, uh, like Dinklage William Stryker. Dinklage was great. Perfect. Yeah. Brian Cox, he was great as Stryker. Um, 
But, you know, looking at, uh, and I like Liv Schreiber as Sabretooth in Wolverine uh, yeah, Origins. Yeah. But I only liked the opening of that movie. After the opening, the rest of that movie was trash. Um, you know, and then there was the Wolverine. It was it was better than Wolverine Origins, but it was forgettable. You know, that's the problem with it. Yeah, I remember my friend and I were watching it. We were just like, "Is this over yet?" My my biggest thing with the X Men movies is the terrible, convoluted mess that they became, and. You know, when First Class came about, because X-Men was fun. It was it was all right. It wasn't great, but it was that and Blade were the springboard for comic book movies can be successful and they can be good. Uh, and then X2 came along and it's just like, holy shit, that was amazing. And then there was The Last Stand, which was atrocious in every way. Uh, yeah, yeah, Last Stand was bad. And then I, Wolverine I, Origins, and then there was, uh, what, First Class? And First Class is like, hey, we're we're rebooting. We're like, all right. And then they uh, did Days of Future Past, and tied it all together to make it the same continuity again, which was garbage. <laughs> And Days yeah, of Future know, Past like, was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. But yeah. tying it all to the first shit pissed me off. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. And then Apocalypse, why- man. You know, they... Uh, it's like first class, man. You know, I hated the fact that they didn't use the five original X-Men. I hated the fact that they made Mystique such a huge part of the fucking lore. Like, oh, you know, she's such a huge part of this. And, like, Mystique was never that big of a fucking deal, ever. Right. No, I, yeah. I, I wasn't saying the, um, there's actually a comic that I really would like to see Marvel implement for the MCU. Um, I think it'd be a really neat idea. And I think they could totally do it and pull it off. Uh, you ever heard of a comic series called Marvels? Yeah. Of course. Um, I, th- I want to see an MCU version of that. That would be cool. Yeah, and I think that the the way they could really implement that is after somehow introducing X-Men and Fantastic Four into the MCU. After throwing those characters in and then doing Marvels, like, that would be dope. That'd be the best. So, um, yes or no, do you think we will get an end scene or a mid or post credit scene that somehow teases either Fantastic Four or X-Men or both? Do I think it'll happen? No. Mm. Do I want it to happen? Yes. And here's why I don't think it'll happen. And and this is unfortunate. It had like the Russo brothers and Disney have stated, I think maybe a CinemaCon, that um or one of the press junkets that they have nothing planned right now beyond far from home yeah. so they can say that's that. either right i was going to say that's either them saying it to you know get it to that point so that people are just like well it's unexpected or or they literally don't and if they literally don't then there's a chance we could see a glimpse 
They could show the X-Mansion. They could show the Fantastic Four Tower. That's actually what I have said. Uh, I think the perfect thing, they don't even have to show a character. It's like at the end of Endgame. Say, for instance, say somebody's in the original Stark Tower, the first Avengers headquarters. Or or even just out in the, you know, in like Central Park or somewhere in New York to where they can see the skyline and they're just looking around. Shit's back to normal and then they look over and there's just one building and there's just a big four logo on the side. Perfect way to introduce, boom, you know, something's new, something's different. There's the Fantastic Four. That would be well, there's cool. also plenty. Yeah, there's also plenty of time to film a post credit scene where it shows Spider-Man swinging through New York. He goes by like the um, the Avengers Tower, and mm-hmm. then he goes by the fucking Sanctum Sectorium, and then he goes by like a bunch of other things, and then he like lands on a fucking building. It zooms out, and it's the fucking Avengers Tower. Or oh, the sorry, Fantastic, no, the Fantastic the Baxter Four Building, the Fantastic Four. Yes, Baxter Building. Yeah, like that would be that would be amazing too. Uh, that would even yeah, be yeah. They could they could. Yeah, they, they've had plenty of time. They could film that now. Yeah. Maybe not even film. Like, you wouldn't have to film it. Like, it's all CGI. So, um, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of potential. I sincerely hope we get something. Because uh, I love the MCU. Like, everyone's like, I'm getting bored of superhero movies. And I'm like, I fucking couldn't wait for the next issue to read. Yeah. Y'all yeah. complaining about this, like, superhero exhaustion and i'm just like yeah okay go fuck yourself because here's <laughs> like, the thing box office numbers are showing there's no exhaustion i mean captain marvel has made over a billion dollars worldwide at the box office that's that's true that's very true but i think that that's also like what i'm reading is the uh um a lot of what i'm reading is 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 people who weren't interested in the first place so maybe that's i don't know but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not bored of it by any long shot. I'm very excited for the potential future of Marvel. So. I'm super excited. Hellboy comes out this weekend. Yeah, I'm actually uh, planning a drive-in movie theater uh, thing with uh, my nephews and my sister, where we're going to go see Shazam and Hellboy. I want to. I want to go see it this weekend. But the theater that I go to see it, as of today, still hasn't listed it as opening up there, and I'm like. What? No, I want to go see Hellboy, damn it. <laughs> and you got to think, I live in um, the buckle of the Bible Belt. It's like this is where all religion, especially Southern Baptism, is fastened around the waist of America. Yeah. Um. So... They're like, oh, it's a movie about a demon, and it's called Hellboy. You can't go see it. We don't want that shit here. Yikes. But I'm sitting here thinking, eh, no, I don't think it's that. I think Shazam surprised (laughs) a lot of people with how good it's actually supposedly turned out to be. And, you know, Captain Marvel is still being held over in a lot of places, and I think that's just... This one particular theater that I enjoy going to just hasn't brought out Hellboy yet. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, that's so weird. It's so weird. Like, I I mean, I I understand it, but I don't understand it. Like, I comprehend what they're doing, but I don't understand it. And I mean that in the sense of, you know, the religious thing. I don't know. 
Yeah. Sucks for you, though. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so they got Shazam, Pet Cemetery. Oh, good. They do have Hellboy listed now. Fuck yeah. So Sunday, I'm going to see Hellboy. Yeah, I don't know. That would be so, like, that's so weird that they would sit there and completely, sh- like, not have a film that could bring in at least somebody. I'm going to go see Hellboy Sunday. Nice. We can talk Monday then, because I'll see you Monday night. Actually, we'll talk Tuesday, because it's a, it's a drive-in, so. Yes. Oh, man. Yes, um, yes, yes. So I want to gear away from uh, movies. Because you and I were having a fun little conversation off podcast about food. Oh, yeah. Um, we were basically discussing about, like, I don't, I'm not the world's biggest fan of, of hot fruit. Uh, so pies aren't usually my go-to dessert. Um, I usually like cakes and. Things like that. Ugh. Don't hate pie. Don't hate pie, but... I do know. hate cake. <laughs> Why do you hate cake? I'm allergic to eggs. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that part. So, if I eat cake, it makes me very sick to my stomach. And does terrible well, things to my digestive system. And you can, get egg- you can make eggless cake. Yeah, but, I mean... It probably tastes like butthole. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't like cake. (laughs) I will eat some, like, maybe twice a year, I'll eat, like, a slice of cake, like Madison's birthday, which is next month, you know, I'll have a little slice of her cake, and usually end up, well, um, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of cake. Uh, I don't hate cake, I just, like... I don't wish I could eat it, but I don't really enjoy it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, there was that, there was a debate. Hand, holy shit. Yeah, I'll fuck up some pie. <laughs> well, there was, okay, so I tell the story. I've told the story. I don't know, not on this podcast, but when I was a kid, um, I want to say about six, seven years old. Uh, I was at a birthday party and this, this, the mom of the kid was like, Hey, Greg, do you want some, uh, do you want some pie and, and ice cream? And I'm like, yeah, I want some fucking pie and ice cream. And I watched her take this warm piece of pie and plop a fucking scoop of vanilla ice cream on top that started melting. And I was legitimately upset. Like, pissed off upset. Just going, why in the fuck? Like, in my mind, the little kid, so, you know, cussing in my head. Why in the fuck would you put cold ice cream on hot pie this is terrible like hated it and as an adult i get why that's a thing like texture wise people love it whatever i can't stand it um now that isn't to say that i don't enjoy the combination of pie and and, and ice cream that the you get some good vanilla bean ice cream and a, you know, a slice of apple pie and the the combo of that together in your mouth is delicious. However, you get that pie crust soggy with some ice cream, and I'm mad. <laughs> it's it's disgusting at that point. 
So that's no, I, I, I so get what, that, man. You're you're wanting to preserve the integrity of the crust, but still enjoy a warm pie. It's by far the, my favorite part of a pie. Okay, okay. Which is funny because people are like, "You just don't like fruit," and I'm like, "No, I love fruit. I'll cut up some fruit, put it in the fridge, get it nice and cold, and then eat it." Oh yeah, and I love me some chilled fruit. Like when we we you know we keep fruit in the house. Uh, apples, man, I love like a nice big golden delicious. Uh, I love it straight out of the fridge, man. It's just nice, chilled and crisp. Mm. Shit's delicious. Yeah, one of my favorite fruits is uh, pineapple. I'll always cut a pineapple and throw that in the fridge and move it. Yeah, Madison will de- fuck up a pineapple, man. She will devour that shit. She loves fresh I'm pineapple. Really, yeah. I'm really into tart fruit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were having this discussion, and, and it reminded me that since I've been door dashing, I've noticed a specific trend, and that's there is a lot of one t- like uh, of, of. So we we do a lot of burgers, like with fast food joints, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it, we usually have orders for different things. Um, I noticed that it's one of four different types of foods. It's either Italian food, Japanese food, uh, Mexican food, or Chinese food. And those are the four most popular, aside from, again, American burgers. Uh, so I did a small poll on my Twitter account, which you can follow me at Chubb Rock Geek. Uh, is that a shameless plug? I think it's a shameless plug. Uh, no, not at all. Where I, I basically created a poll, and I asked, if you had to get rid of one of these foods forever, which one would it be? And I thought one would would, would just dominate all of it. Like, everyone would pick one type of food. But it was all over the board. Like, it was it was pretty fucking even at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, Mexican food somehow won, which kills me, but... What, that it was the one to be got rid of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had one more vote than everything else. Yeah, that that whoever made that vote, they just need to be beaten to death with a sack full of tamales. <laughs> and well, I, you know, I will I, I will fill the sack with tamales and attach it to my prosthetic and beat them with it because I love Mexican food. Here's the thing. I the reason I the reason I made the poll was because my dad and I were having a conversation about each food on that list, and my dad was like, "Oh, Chinese or ch- Japanese food, hands down, easy. I can't stand sushi." And I was like, "Chinese or Japanese food isn't just sushi. It's like you've had ramen, you've gone to a uh, Benihana, and he goes, "Yeah," and I was like, "You enjoy that?" He was like, "Yeah, those are good," and I was like, "That's Japanese food." Japanese cuisine. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I love ramen. I'm like, right. That's why it's such a hard decision because you love one thing from each of those. See? Everyone does. I do not. I can do with Which that. Which one? I can do without Japanese food because I prefer Chinese. And there's no way in the world I could ever live without Mexican or Italian. And if it came to eliminating, if it came to eliminating 
either Chinese food or Japanese food, there are more dishes. And the now, of course, we're talking like traditional American styles of these cuisines. Correct. There's, correct, there's correct. far more things on the menu of Chinese that I will eat than Japanese. So that's one. I don't. I, mean, I don't do sushi. I, get that. I guess I get that. Yeah, I don't do I sushi, that. but I do love like grilled, uh, like the Benihana style flat top grilled beef and chicken prepared with veggies. I do enjoy that, but. I'm more of, you know, I just I just prefer the Chinese flavor profiles than that's the fair. Japanese style. That's fine. Well, I think that's something that my dad, my, my dad, after I said that to him, he was like, well, I still think I choose Japan to get rid of because there's more foods from each of those other three that I enjoy over Ch- uh, Japanese. I said, that's exactly the point of this of this like test. Like I've I, everyone who did it that I talked to was like, I think I got to get rid of this. I really enjoy this one thing from this, from this, you know, region, but I love more from everything else. And I was like, right, that's why Italian would have to go for me because I'm not a huge fan of tomatoes. Uh, occasionally, I don't mind marinara. Occasionally, like red tomato, like pizza sauce is fine, but I don't like spaghetti. Um, well, spaghetti's trash. That's like, that's like the bologna of Italy. But it, it, there's a lot of of Italian food that I'm just not the world's biggest fan of. Man, what uh, about but there's what a lot that a, I do really enjoy. What about enjoy. lasagna, though, man? No, I do really enjoy a lasagna. Mm. But if you gave me the option of like, if you said let's go to dim sum, uh, dim sum's Vietnamese. What am I talking about? Um, if you gave me the option of sushi or a lasagna. It would always be sushi. What uh, about lasagna rolls rolled up like sushi? <laughs> Still not. Doesn't taste like sushi. Tastes like lasagna that happens to be in a different packaging. It's still delicious. That's besides the point, Josh. <laughs> I just like it. it it's. I make, it was interesting. I actually to- make chicken alfredo. Rolled up like sushi in lasagna rolls. See, I really like Alfredo sauce. I really like chicken Alfredo. But again, like Mexican food is unbelievably good. Like I, I, I will never. Oh yeah, not like Mexican food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a we have a really good Mexican joint next to our house because it's kind of a hole in the wall place. Those are the best kinds, man. Those hole-in-the-wall oh places, God. it's just like they've got their own recipes that they've developed, and it's just, man. I So they have a uh, um, a loose a loose guacamole sauce. Like, they use real avocados and stuff with it, but it's so, like, pulverized, and it has a lot of... Um, it has a lot of extra liquid to it, so it's like a really it's a loose avocado sauce, but I could fucking drink that shit. It's so good. I don't like avocados. So therefore I don't do the guac. Well, the the point I was getting at, Josh, because goddamn it, was uh I enjoy like to me Mexican food is Mexican food and and, and Japanese food are the best on the list. 
the third best is Chinese food, and then Italian is last on my MM. But it was fascinating. It was fascinating to hear everybody's reasoning for everything. And I find that people who aren't really big fan of spice, like spiciness, hot, if you will, they tend to get rid of uh, uh, Mexican food real quick. Which is dumb because, you know, the food is not naturally spicy, any spicier than dishes that are prepared in the other cuisines. That you add, you add the spice afterwards in your sauces, things like that. Like regular Mexican food is not that spicy. I mean, come on. True. However, uh, nine times out of ten, from my perspective, Mexican food is spicier than. The next spiciest one, Italian food. You think Italian food spicier than Chinese? Oh yeah, I don't. I mean, Chinese food can be really spicy if you get, you know, like. Uh, oh, my favorite's General Tso's. So yeah, General Tso, yeah, yeah, which is you know they use red chili flakes and full-on red chilies in there, mm-hmm, but it's delicious. Um, dude, I always go for. Uh, if I go to like, let's say I go to the most American Chinese food place in the in the world, Panda Express. Um, Never eaten at Panda Express. I hear it's bland. I wouldn't say it's bland. I mean, it's overcooked. It's overprocessed for sure. Uh, uh you can definitely taste the like. This is a chain restaurant, so that's, yeah. It's, but it's not bad. Like it's subsequent. Um, there's actually a closer Chinese joint that's, like, closer to my house, but they're a little bit more expensive, so we almost never go there. But, uh, they have very similar things on the menu, so that's why I was just pointing it out. But, but, the point I'm getting at is, like, I usually go for orange chicken, general sow, um, I use, I don't do broccoli and beef, I don't know why, it never oh, has appealed to me. Oh, it's so good, man. I, it's not bad, I just, not what my go-to's. Actually, but the point we 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 actually make uh, beef and broccoli a lot, and chicken and broccoli a lot, and serve it over jasmine rice that we steam in our rice steamer. Oh, so good! Yeah, I I really enjoy. I don't know, man. It was just crazy. Like I was just thinking, like when I when I did that poll, I was expecting one to dominate. Didn't know which one, but I was expecting one to just fucking kill. But it was just like everyone had a different opinion like a strong different opinion i was like oh my god all right so i don't know it's crazy now i think taste is subjective and i'm not oh, saying yeah. anybody's wrong absolutely <laughs> absolutely it was something that I, a lot of people it surprises them but everybody's like when i say i fucking hate oreos i think they're the worst cookie ever invented and I truly believe that. I do not like them. I fucking hate them. Everybody's like, how can you hate Oreos? What are you, some kind of fucking communist? It's the most American cookie ever. I'm like, well, no. But I wouldn't say that by any fucking stretch of the imagination, but sure. They're, ugh. I enjoy an Oreo. I actually have a pack of Oreos on my desk right now because it's uh, the, the Game of Thrones themed ones. Oh. Uh, because I wanted to see what, like, what they look like. Oh. Uh, 
but I enjoy an Oreo. Now, I will I will say that the 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 vanilla flavored ones, the blondes or whatever they're called, those I can do. But like the traditional straight up regular Oreo, fuck that shit. <laughs> I don't even think they were produced in America. That's the craziest thing about calling them the most American thing. I'm gonna actually look that up right they now. Weren't the, they weren't they weren't the original either. Hydrox was the original Oreos a knockoff. I thought Hydrox was the knockoff. Hydrox came around at least eight years, maybe fifteen years before the Oreo. I think I, I yeah, think Hydrox uh, came out in nineteen oh eight and Oreo nineteen fifteen, something like that. Oreo is English? It was launched as an imitation of Hydrox cookie manufactured by Sunshine Company, which was introduced in 1908, and Oreo was introduced in 1912. Oh, 1912. Okay. So. So, four years. Still. They're a knockoff. That's crazy. Told you. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, they were, they were, uh, they were uh, produced in Manhattan. So, they are American. Yep. Goddamn cookie conspiracies, man! I've never had Hydrox. Hydrox is not sold in uh, in California. Well, they're Australia. they're not like, sold much of anywhere anymore. I mean, I think they're still around, but they're like limping along because Oreo. I mean, yeah. okay, so okay, that's why. So Hydrox becomes less soggy in milk. Hydrox takes longer to become mushy and like that kind of like texture that people really like when dipping in milk, where Oreo becomes softer much quicker. Uh, um, okay, here's a question. This loops back around to your ice cream and pie. Do you like your Oreo dunked in milk? So, okay, so here's the funny thing. What I do with an Oreo and milk is um, I like my cookies soft. However, the problem with dunking an Oreo in milk is that you leave it in there too long, it becomes soggy. Yeah. I like it soft. So there's a golden mark, as I like to call it, a golden time. I take a fork, I stick it into the into the frosting. Mm-hmm. I dip it in the milk, I count to five, and then I eat it. Okay. If I'm not paying attention and it gets soggy, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. I do like, you know, uh, a nice, fresh chocolate chip cookie dipped in milk from time to time. But my go-to cookie, my favorite cookie, peanut butter. Second favorite, oatmeal raisin. Mm. Love them. Oh, I can't stand oatmeal raisin. And I, it's weird, too, because I don't hate oatmeal and I don't hate raisins. But put that shit in a cookie and it's disgusting. <sighs> shit wrong with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> we uh. Well, it's also... It's also really funny. I think that comes from my parents because uh, my dad loves buying the dollar cookies at Walmart because you get three in a bag and it's mm-hmm. just it's not too much. It's just right. You know, whatever. Yeah. But he's like, I, I'm not going to buy this. I'm not going to like I'm buying the fucking chocolate chip ones and that's it. Like I'm not buying the fucking oatmeal raisin because that's gross. Jesus. <laughs> no, man. They're the best. <laughs> it's really funny. So so going back to these four types of cuisine that you created the poll. Do you ever try to do fusion dishes, like merge two different styles together to create something new? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My brother and I have done that many times where 
we decided one year to make Thanksgiving tacos. And what we did was we took like turkey meat and then, you know, we cooked it in a skillet with some taco seasoning. And then we had all the accoutrements you have with, with uh, taco filling. But we also had like cranberry sauce that you could drizzle on top and gravy or mashed potatoes instead of beans, like shit like that. Interesting. It's very good. Like it's basically Thanksgiving dinner, but taco-ish. Taco, taco, taco style. Soft shell or crunchy? We had both. Oh, okay. Something that Misty and I decided to do one time. Uh, we we got a packet of egg roll wrappers, and I make this two different ways. You know, I can make regular ground beef style taco seasoned meat, or I will uh, get some shredded chicken and make chicken uh, taco seasoned chicken meat. Now we make our own Spanish rice at home. Um. You know, we, we actually brown our rice, and then we add in chicken broth and salsa, let it simmer. Very, very good. Very easy, very flavorful and tasty. Um, and then we will take um, a couple of other things. Like if we do the chicken style, we will mix in black beans. And um, Green Giant puts out this stuff. It's called Fiesta Corn or Mexicorn. It's, it's got, like, little bits of green pepper and red pepper mixed up in the corn itself. So we'll drain that. We'll drain the black beans. We'll mix it in with the Spanish rice, and we'll mix it in with um, the uh, ch- the beef or the chicken, depending on whichever one we're using. We'll layer it onto the egg roll, and then we'll get, like, multiple types of cheese, you know, and shred it up and blend it. Cause it's better to blend your shred and blend your own cheese and buying that pre-bagged shit. It just tastes better, better consistency, melts easier. I 100% agree. We don't buy bagged cheese, man. We buy blocks of cheese. We shred it and blend it because that's the only way to do it. And then we'll sprinkle some cheese in that. And then we'll roll it up like an egg roll and deep fry it like an egg roll. And then when it's done, you know, we also have melted nacho cheese and Sour cream, sauces, hot sauce, whatever, you, you know, garnish it like you would a fucking taco, but it's taco egg rolls. Oh, they're so fucking good, man. Greasy as fuck, so we only make them like two or three times a year just because they're not healthy, but goddamn, are they delicious. <laughs> well, healthy is... Uh... A subjective term, because I feel like a lot of people immediately think, like, healthy is, like, you can't have grease or cheese in your diet at all. And I'm just like, that's not. No, that's not entirely true. It's just everything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah, that's moderation is the key to all diet. And this, really. this comes from two overweight guys. <laughs> well, it, it here's the thing. And I got to be I got to clarify. I may be overweight, but a lot of my problems stem from me just being lazy and not doing what I need to do to exercise. Um, I eat fine. Yeah. I I don't eat more than I should. I, I eat, you know, in moderation. I, um, I, I try to keep snacks that are relatively decent and I don't eat too much of them. Like, I drink a shit ton of water. Um, 
it's it's all about implementation and i'm terrible about that but uh i've done a, like being fast like being fat this long i've learned a lot about dieting yeah. because i've been i've tried i've tried forever to fucking diet which if you've tried to diet you know fucking difficult that shit is so yep um my big issue i've is, also tried you know exercising has become incredibly difficult for me in the past 11 months <laughs> fair enough and considering you know i've only had uh, a leg for the past six of those months <laughs> um but even then i'm not to the point to where my stamina is built up to where i would like it to be you know and i can do certain things but it's not like oh you know i used to walk a couple miles a day i can't do that yet still i mean yeah my body's not recovered from the trauma that it went through it's still not 100 percent yet you know and they told me it's going to take a good year just for you to get back to where you were and you know i'm i'm almost there but yeah i'm i'm hey you know i'm here i'm above ground yeah it's you know i no i like that's the thing is is you should never try to i don't i don't believe in sugarcoating shit and uh i'm glad the doctors didn't sugarcoat shit with you they were just like yeah, it's going to be tough man it's going to be fucking hard but here's the thing. I've not really seen it as hard. I've not really seen it as tough. It's it's the the hardest thing about it to me and this is something that terrified me. You know, and you know, when when I found out, oh yeah, we're gonna have to take off your leg, um say what now? He's like, Yeah, we're gonna have to take it off probably, you know, a little bit below your knee. I was like well, that sucks. The The hardest thing is getting acclimated. Um, <clears throat> there were, you know, there were, the, the, the only time that I ever really fucking wondered if I was doing the right thing was the first night I came home from the hospital. And I struggled getting up my steps and into the house. And I struggled getting into a chair. I struggled getting around. It was very bad. Um, and I also, they were discharged me from the hospital after the pharmacies had closed. And I didn't have any painkillers when I came home that night. Well, that's fun. No, that 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 kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> over the counter Tylenol does not dull the pain of an amputation like that Percocet ten they gave me. Uh, well, yeah, because like even though it's like clean and sterile and whatnot, I'm sure that your brain was just going, "There's something seriously wrong." Oh yeah, and I'm on fire. Yeah, I was, I was, and of course, you know, ever since that first day, I've never not once not felt my foot. I still feel my toes. I still feel my foot. I can flex my muscles in my calf, and I feel my foot bending up and down, and my toes flexing, splitting my toes apart, curling yeah. them. I feel all of that. So it makes perfect sense. I mean, the the way the brain works is that yeah, it's, it's the not nerves like, are still there. 
It's not like yeah. those nerves were taken away, too. Those nerve endings are still there. It's fucking crazy. But it's like, with my history of my mental health, that was something that terrified me. I was like, because I've suffered from depression and anxiety for decades. And I was terrified about how this was going to be. And I was thinking, you know, there's going to be, they're like, you're going to have to relearn to walk again. And I was thinking it was just going to be the hardest thing in the world. No, it wasn't. It's like, okay, I I put on the prosthetic and I stood up. And I knew immediately, because part of me was just like, take a step. And I knew immediately, it was like, no, I've got to refigure out my balance with this. So the first day I didn't, but the next day I did. And the next day, the third day, I was going up steps. And they're just like, people don't do this. It's like I do. They're like, nobody has ever, you know, we've never witnessed people do this at the rate that you're doing it. And I was just like, you know, I'm determined. I don't want to be. Yes, I'm lazy to a certain degree, but I also like being independent and able to do things for myself and not have to depend on others. So it really wasn't hard in that aspect. It was harder for me being frustrated to not being able to get around, like to get up to go to the bathroom, get up and go to the coffee pot, or get up and go to the fridge and make a sandwich. You know, that was the hardest thing. Not being able to do for a time period, you know, for a brief while, the things that I was used to doing whenever I wanted to do them, having to depend on Misty to help me, or that was the hard part about it. The actual, like, getting used to the prosthetic and walking, no, not hard. But, you know, in the five months that I didn't have a leg, and then, of course, with my body being ravaged by infection and nearly dying, you know, with the infection and the sepsis and the bacteria that was just ravaging through my body, it's taken a long time to get my endurance back up. It's taken a long time to, you know, and plus the physiology of my leg, you're used to walking around on your feet. Your feet have borne your weight all your life. Now, all of a sudden, there's this this fitting that's molded around my, my calf muscle and my calf muscle and my patella tendon. Those are the things that are supporting me now because you can't rest the weight on the stump because that bone's there. And it hurts if it hits the ground. It fucking hurts. So it's like the physiology in my whole knee area has changed. You know, new blood vessels have had to form uh, and build. And it's it's an odd situation. It's an odd sensation. But it takes time for all that to happen because it's the physiology and the tolerance to able to bear weight and everything, that shit's just not going to be there like it would yeah. if it was a foot. So it's that part has also been a little frustrating, but you know, I would never say one time that it's been hard. 
for me, and I'm fortunate, you know, because I'm sure there are people that have really fucking struggled with it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the the hard part is the, you know, like you said, the there's the psychological aspect. There's also the the angle of, of uh, and I'm not talking about you, General. I'm talking about in general, like, why they told you it was hard. There's the the physical therapy part and all that jazz. Like, like I totally get why the doctors, you know, would tell you that it's going to be hard. But you were just like, you were just like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, no, I don't accept that. And push through. Push on. I mean... You know, I had this prosthetic two weeks, and I went to fucking Chicago, and I walked around all over the place up there, and to the point to where I exhausted myself, and I did have to resort to being pushed around in my wheelchair uh, from time to time, and that sucked. But you know what? Um, New Year's, when I went to Maryland and spent with a bunch of the Realm members, I didn't, not only did I not take my wheelchair, but... I left my walker in the vehicle, and I never used it when I went into anybody's houses, and I was going up and down steps to use my walker. Uh, we went to the wedding, you know, this past, uh, last month, and I did have to use the walker on Saturday night because I was so tired from everything on Friday and Saturday. Saturday night, I did have to use the walker some, but not much. And didn't use it all again on Sunday. But, you know, I'm pushing myself. And, you know, a, a lot of my friends are like, when we go to these gatherings, these meetups, they're like, you need to use your walker. And I'm like, I need to push myself. Because if I don't push myself, I won't get stronger. If I have to rely on that, it takes longer to get to where I want to be. But they're also like, yeah, but if you push yourself too hard, you could suffer a setback. And I'm like, I know my limitations. Believe me, I do. And, you know, I appreciate it so much because I know they're looking out for me and everything. It's just I'm an impatient person by nature. So I'm just like, <laughs> fuck. <clears throat> it's, that's been the things that are more difficult about it than the actual learning to balance on it and take steps and this and that. That's been, that's the easy part. It's the psychological aspect that has been, like, you know, um, the first few weeks, I really struggled. I had to make a conscious effort, like, if I was trying to sit up or roll over or do something, I'm naturally wanting to push down with my right leg, too. And I couldn't do that anymore. So, my left leg got strong as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> I was also going to say that like the way that you've been handling it the way that like everyone's kind of been supporting you on it uh, in five years you're going to look back at this conversation and be like mm, yeah it was you know life is life is totally normal now uh, like this isn't even a thing you know I, I think it's normal now uh, the only thing I can't do now that I could do 11 months ago is I haven't driven yet um, and actually I have to get my license renewed by, I got one week to get my license renewed. Um, but the fortunate thing is I just have to go in and get a new photo taken and just renew it. I don't have to actually drive or anything. So I've got to do that. I'll probably do that tomorrow because I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow afternoon. 
So I'll probably do that after my doctor's appointment. Misty has to get hers. There you go. My birthday's the 17th, Misty's is the 22nd, and both of us have to get our licenses renewed before our birthdays. Mine's the 21st. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, kind of crazy how that's a, but, out, but yeah, it's uh, my, my the physical therapist. She said, Oh, you can just go ahead and get it renewed. You know, there's no restrictions in Virginia for that. But in order to drive again, I am going to have to get some modifications done to the car. So I got to find out what my insurance will cover and whether they want me to get hand controls or just a left foot accelerator, which would be awkward, but. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the difference between you and, and other amputees is determination. And you are determined to not like this real life in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even know about other amputees because I don't know any other amputees. Uh, but the way the doctors kind of handled it, it sounds like this is uh, like your situation is not common. The way you're handling is not common. It's, that's what it seemed to be. And, of course, I've got a fucked up sense of humor anyway. I mean, I was making crazy jokes the first fucking day. Of course you were. <laughs> I mean, hell, I, t- I told you the story about when they had to put the pick line in me. Yeah. And for our listeners out there, um, a pick line is a catheter that runs th- to your heart to put medicine directly into your heart chamber uh when i was released from the hospital i had to be on a two-week round of antibiotics a very very powerful antibiotic uh like the most powerful on the market and i had to take it every six hours on the hour through this pick line it was a 47 centimeter long tube that was inserted into my arm that ran to my heart and it was inserted in between my bicep and tricep on the left arm on the inside of my arm. The doctors, <clears throat> when they insert that, they have to push it through your muscle tissue, and there is a stiff guide wire to that is connected to this, um, this uh, rubber tube. And... They have to push it through your muscle tissue, and then they have to push it into your vein, and then they have to follow the vein on, like, a scanner, like an x-ray kind of thing, using a camera, and push it through your 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 artery to your heart. And when it gets to your neck, you have to turn your neck in a certain direction. You have to put your chin, like, down in your shoulder, because if you don't, it will go up into your jugular and into your head. So, the awesome thing about this was you hear it, and you feel every movement, and you hear every movement. And the most terrible thing about it was, is you feel it. You hear every movement, and you feel every movement. So, it was both equally awesome and terrifying and irritating and annoying. And it's like, I never want to have to go through it again, but I'm glad I did because it was fucking cool. But when they were putting my pick line in, it started spooling up and just coiling in my armpit. They couldn't get it to go around the curve. And the doctor's like, I'm very sorry about this, but I'm going to have to start over. And he had to pull it all the way back out and start over. So what he did, they were numbing my arm with lidocaine. He gives me some more lidocaine. 
now it's three doctors that are in the room, just me and three doctors. And this doctor, he's starting to push the uh, the pick line back in. And he gets about six or seven good pushes. It's been a good 20, 25 seconds. And all of a sudden, I was like, Doc, stop. He's like, what, what? And I looked at all three of them dead in the eye, and I was like, I can't feel my fucking leg. <laughs> and they just lost their shit. So, yeah, I've got a fucked up sense of humor. I joke around. It's like people ask me all the time, how'd you lose your leg? And I make up a different excuse every time. In fact, this past Friday on MPSP Theater, we had a special guest on um, on the show. And I told a completely off-the-wall story for a while. I lost my leg in that. And never said anything different. And the guys on the cast are just dying laughing. You need to go and listen to that. It was funny as shit. That's a MPSP <laughs> theater on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Yeah. But uh, at, at the wedding last month, uh, the groom, his his little nephew, he said, are you a veteran? I was like, no. He's like, how'd you, how'd you lose your leg then? And I was like, well, don't don't ever ever go swimming after eating a, a ham sandwich without waiting 30 minutes before swimming. He's like, what? How's that cause amputation? I was like, well, the the Maillard process and the curing of the ham, it releases certain amino acids when the fat's breaking down in the sugars. And that Maillard reaction is bad to mix with chlorine in a pool. And he was just like, you think I'm some kind of moron? And I was like, no, not at all. But that's what's happened. You know, just telling people fucked up shit. You know, it was like, <laughs> like in a store, I had this crying kid. And his mom was like, if you don't pick up your room, I'm not buying you this toy because you haven't picked up your room. Keep your room clean. You can get a new toy. I was like, yeah, my little girl didn't pick up her Legos. And I stepped on one. That's why I lost my leg. And that kid shut up. And his eyes got biggest plates, man. He was just like, <gasps> I don't even know who Did the, she say that she just, She's just like, thank you. He stopped crying. I was like, I didn't really step on a Lego. And then, you know, I just kept going. She didn't know who I was from anybody, you know, and that kid, the look on his face, but he stopped crying and it was fucking funny. And that, that, that reminds me of the whole scene from, uh, uh, from Afterlife. <laughs> I'm not a pedo, but if I was, you'd be safe, you fat ginger. Yeah, guys. <laughs> God, that was a good that was a good series. Yeah. Uh, um, well, we've been going for a hot minute, so you want to wrap this up? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I'll go ahead and right. I'll go ahead and tell everybody where I'm at. You know, like you just heard me mentioning, I am on a live show on Friday nights on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. It's called MPSP Theater. That stands for Masterpiece Shitpiece Theater. Uh, me and four of my friends from the Realm of Collectors, we talk about the past weekend pop culture and various other things. Very comic book heavy. Uh, very movie TV series heavy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at nsubanoir1976. And uh, I do still have a Twitch channel, and I might be streaming soon. Uh, don't know. We'll see. 
what happens i got some uh, pc upgrades that'll be here this week and by the next time the podcast is published i will have an upgraded pc and we'll go from there um but yeah uh find me on facebook and my profile's public and you can see what other platforms you can find me out there so you know shoot me a message i love bullshitting with people talking to people and uh greg where can they find you uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ChubRockGeek, uh, though I am mostly on uh, Twitter. Um, you can also follow me on the podcast I do with my buddy Anthony called Mission Start Podcast. We do a live version of it every Wednesday night. We were doing it for Tuesdays there for a little bit because I was trying to figure out my, my personal schedule and things, but Wednesday works out best. So yeah, every Wednesday night at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time uh, till about 8 o'clock. Uh, but we, what we do there is we talk about video game news. So if that's something you're interested in, come check it out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, I, I, uh, life's been crazy lately, so hopefully I can get back to doing some stuff that I want to do. But, um, but yeah, uh, other than that, guys, thank you for joining us again. Please keep in mind that if you do want to join us, and potentially win a free t-shirt. Uh, submit your list before the uh, 24th? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, submit before the 24th, so that way we can read your list live on air. Um, if and, and if you don't want your list read, just let us know. We won't read your list, but we will keep it in the, in the, on, on my sheet, so that way I can, you know, score everybody properly. Um, if there's a movie that I didn't list off that you know is going to be playing in the summer that you might want in your list, let me know. Uh, but I did get my list off of uh, off of uh, comingsoon.com. So there's that. Um, uh, yeah, other than that, guys, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I'm really excited about Summer Movie Wager. Join us next week as we review uh, Ultraman series on Netflix and the film um, The Highwayman. You almost you thought I almost forgot it, didn't you? Yeah. Well you struggle <laughs> you struggle with names a lot, so You struggle with your butt. One time. One time. <laughs> uh but yeah guys, uh it's always fun to do this podcast. I always enjoy having conversations with Josh and debating about stupid shit. Um I was going to talk about the whole thing with uh, Easy Games, but I was like, nah, doesn't feel like this podcast. We'll, we'll do it on the podcast tonight on Mission Start. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it then. Hmm. Um, also, uh, uh, real quick, um, guys, please send in your questions or topics that you want to hear on this podcast. Let us know what you think. Give a comment on any of the platforms you listen to this on. Uh, let us know, give us a rating, all that jazz. It helps us out big time. Um, yeah, one thing that I wanted to bring up in the past couple of weeks since uh, switching the website over from the GoDaddy domain to on Radio Public, just on Podbean, statistically, our listens have increased 202% in the past two and a half weeks. So thank you uh, for new listeners. Uh, but definitely, we love interacting, so, you know, join the Facebook discussion group, follow us on all the platforms, 
Email us at allcuteuppodcast at gmail.com. We love that. You know, we love interacting with people. So yeah, get your summer movie uh, wager uh, entries in so you could, you know, possibly win a free T-shirt. So, you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, again, the only the only way you can win is it by playing, and, and the only way you can win is by beating Josh or I. Well, they got to be both um, of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, sorry, not a war. They, yeah. So, like, if you beat Josh's score, but you don't beat mine, you don't win a t-shirt. That's that's the thing. When you get a perfect score, you get a t-shirt and a $50 fucking gift card. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, but it's exciting. I love doing this every year. Um, uh, the, 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 the outcome of it will not be until September, just so you guys understand. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, Always have fun doing the summer movie wager. So uh, I'm going to try to get more friends in on it, even though some of them uh, don't directly listen to the podcast. But it is what it is, guys. Again, join us next week for Ultraman and Highwaymen, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>